Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano, a playoff edition of The New Norm. Yes, the Eagles are in the playoffs. Yes, the Eagles are playing the Buccaneers. Yes, the game is Sunday and it's at 1 p.m. And yes, it's going to be rainy and it's going to be windy. Uh, Wind gusts up from, I guess, 20 to 30 miles an hour. Rain in the morning, I guess it can linger into the game. So, um... Clearly, this is going to play an effect in terms of, you know, how the game is played, especially the passing side of it. Um, you know, hey, we, we saw a game earlier this year with Buffalo. I don't think the wins are going to be that crazy. But again, New England didn't even pass the football. I mean, I think they, they attempted three passes the whole game. So, uh, yeah, it could definitely affect strategy. And we're going to go over that uh, definitely for sure here. But um, we got a lot of things other uh, to talk about as well. Because, hey, you know, first and foremost, like I said, the Eagles made the playoffs. Season's over now. So now you could go over some things that happened with the season. And what I'm going to do is just go over some things from the season. And then we're going to go into the football game. Because clearly now, guess what? The Eagles are playing their most important game of the season Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Eagles are one of 14 teams here that can win the Super Bowl. I know. Oh my gosh. Don't say that. Don't say you're you're a fool. They're one of 14 teams that can win the Super Bowl. They're going to have the hardest road to do it. Because they're going to have to beat two of, you know, arguably the greatest quarterbacks of all time on their home fields just to get to the NFC Championship game. Because here's a spoiler, if the Eagles do beat the Buccaneers, they're going to play the Packers in Green Bay. So you're, you're going to get Tom Brady at home, you're going to get Aaron Rodgers at home, so you better be ready. But, um, you know, in regards to this game, I, I did want to go over um, the big concern. And the big concern with this game is the Eagles' defense. And... It has it been improved? Of course it has. The defense is, of course, no doubt it was going to improve over the last second half of the season because um, guess who they played a quarterback? I mean, it was guys like Garrett Gilbert, Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon, you know what I mean? Trevor Simeon, Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Henneke, Daniel Jones, you know, Zach Wilson, who's a rookie. Here's the thing. I saw a chart this week. So here were the best quarterback rating performances against the Eagles. So they only gave up quarterback ratings of um, 100. It looks like it was seven times. Jimmy Garoppolo got 100. They're a playoff team. The 49ers beat the Eagles. Uh, Tom Brady got 102. And I get, think about that. Tom Brady only had a 102 quarterback rating. Now, again, he threw in a lazy interception at the end of the first half there. They dominated the Eagles for three quarters in that game. And they kind of took their foot off the gas. But Derek Carr, 113.6, really that was even higher because Derek Carr, I think at one point it was like 27 of 27, which is out of control. Um, Justin Herbert, 123.2. Patrick Mahomes, 131.1. And Dak Prescott, 143.3. Now again, this doesn't count um, the last game of the year where Prescott had like an all-time game because it was like a practice game for us. But um, that just shows you, by the way, all those quarterbacks, with the exception of Herbert, and I think everybody could sit here and say Herbert is definitely one of the better guys in the league, all playoff quarterbacks all kind of took the Eagles apart. I mean, really, like when you look at the list of guys who didn't, supposedly, but Daniel Jones had a 94. Think about that. Daniel Jones had a 94. Then it was, what, Jared Goff at 90, Zach Wilson, 83, Garrett Gilbert, 81, Taylor Hennick, 81. I mean, really, the only guy they really beat up was Sam Darnold and then Jake Crum and Mike Glennon, who we saw were atrocious. But everybody from that point above is above 70, at least. Matt Ryan starts it there. But listen, the theme here is this. 
Can the Eagles defend against a really good quarterback? They have not proven it. Now, to be fair, they haven't really had a chance to prove it since, what, the end of October? I mean, really, early November there when they played the Chargers? Because since they've played the Chargers, it was the Broncos, it was the Saints, it was the Giants, it was, you know, Washington, it was the uh, Jets, it was, you know, Washington again, it was the Giants again, it was... Dallas, but that was going to be your one test, but the Eagles already had clinched, so they didn't even have to try. So they haven't had an opportunity. And I love the stat that they haven't beaten a playoff team. They only had one win over a team over 500. Well, yes, because again, at the end of the year when, listen, it's clear and obvious. Sirianni had an adjustment to the game plan on offense. We went from dropping Jalen Hurts back 40 times, trying to make him Patrick Mahomes, to being a run-based offense where you use the pass as well and playing more to the strengths of the quarterback. I mean, he's a more gifted runner than he is a passer at this point. Doesn't mean you can't pass the football with Jalen Hurts, which I always just get infuriated when I hear people just want to run it every down. No, listen, uh, Jalen Hurts could absolutely pass the ball, but he's a weapon running the football. So how do you make him a better passer? You use the ability of him running it. You can use play action, use motion, roll him out, use his legs. And the Eagles are going to have to do that against Tampa Bay. Now, the good thing for them with this game with Tampa Bay is the first time we played them in Philadelphia on that Thursday night, we are 100 times different. I mean, we ran the ball, I think, one time in the first half against Tampa Bay. Now, are they an elite run defense? Um, That's been the notion. Now, Vitavea is as good a defensive tackle as there is in the NFL. He's one of the best run stoppers in the entire league. Um, He didn't play for a couple weeks here for Tampa Bay, so I know their run numbers went down. Levante David was out. Those guys are likely to play. Shaq Barrett, he's got like a partial tear to his ACL. I guess he's going to try to play. He was limited in practice, but those are injuries to look at for for Tampa Bay. Their secondary still beat up. I mean, their guys are still hurt. So, I mean, yes, there are going to be opportunities. This is not the same Tampa Bay team that was on the field last year. They've played a lot of football. Remember, they played Week 17. They played all out to win. Um... They won the Super Bowl last year from the wild card. So, I mean, they've played a lot of football games, a lot more than the Eagles have in the last two years. That absolutely matters. I, I'm telling you this. I truthfully believe the Philadelphia Eagles can go down to Tampa Bay and win under these certain conditions that Jonathan Gannon does not play a disguise-free defense. Now, here's the thing. Tom Brady is really good against the Blitz. He is. He's really good against it because he's really good at getting the ball out of his hands quick. He doesn't get hit. Their offensive line has been generally healthy all year. It's a, it's a really good unit. That also helps him. The problem for him is, you know, no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin. But he's got Rob Gronkowski, who didn't play the first time we played the Buccaneers. Mike Evans is coming off of a couple injuries there with his hamstring. I know he was on the COVID list, but he's still really good, you know? So, I mean, it's not like big Cameron Brait is going to be playing. I mean... He's going to have guys to throw the football too. Uh, but the thing here is like w- with blitzing Tom Brady, he's really good at just s- recognizing a blitz. What The way to beat him is what the Saints did is like they played man press. You know what I mean? They pressed on their corners or on the wide receivers. They wouldn't give them the free releases. They tried to disguise in the back end of their uh, coverage. And it worked. They scored zero points, Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? That that was like, a, remember it was it a month ago? Nine to zero, the Saints beat them. Because they disguised in the back end and they pressed the wide receivers. What you don't do to Tom Brady is you play your corners 10 yards off. Listen, I'm not calling for us to blitz because like I, that's normally my thing. You got to hit him, you know, got to get him off his spot. What do you think? People have been trying to do that to Brady for over 20 years. 
the way to beat him is to throw off his timing. And how do you throw off timing of routes? You jack receivers at the line of scrimmage. You got to trust Darius Slay. You got to trust Steven Nelson, who the Eagles did right by this week, by the way. They gave him his $375,000 playing and time incentive because he was going to hit 90% if they played against the Cowboys, but they held him out. And the Eagles paid him anyway because, again, they held him out of the game. Which, by the way, goes a long way in terms of free agency because there are teams that would probably have not done that. You know, it is what it is, but the Eagles did do it. And it's just something to help attract free agents to your team. Which, again, it's the right thing to do. And there's teams that won't do the right thing, but the Eagles did the right thing. And, you know, trust me, free agents recognize that. Agents recognize that. But back to the game. I mean, I'm not coming off of our wide receiver or their wide receivers. I'm not playing anything more than two to three yards distance. I'm going to try to make them, again, if it's the wind is blowing 20 to 30 miles an hour, you want Brady to have to throw the ball 20 to 30 yards down the field. I mean, he's one of the best. You know, I know everybody thinks they, they, they make the jokes about him for being a checkdown artist. Well, guess what? He's a checkdown artist, but he's the best there is at it. That's, that's, there, that's, there's no you know shame in what he does because his offenses are always good and his team seems to always win, right? I mean, he might be a cheater, but I'm talking in terms of what he's doing here on the field. He led the league in passing yards this year. So, I mean, yeah, he's a checkdown Charlie. That's great, but he's also, you know, really good at it. I mean, hey, if you're going to give him a first down every two plays, I mean, what's wrong with it? The whole point of, you know, getting on the receivers is to try to make him have to go down the field a little bit. Make the receivers have to win at the line of scrimmage, and then where those throws come, it's 10 to 15 yards down the field. And remember, if you throw off his timing just a little bit, just a little bit, you know what happens? He has to get thrown off his spot a little bit. Pressure can then happen because we're going to need our front four to win. If we're not going to blitz at all, we're going to need our front four to win. You're going to need Josh Sweat. You're going to need, you know, Derek Barnett. You're going to need Fletcher Cox, and you're going to need Javon Hargrave, and they're going to have to win. Milton Williams. These guys are going to have to win at the line of scrimmage. The last time we played Brady, he arguably played his best game of his career. And Jim Schwartz played a very passive defense against him to do so. This was in the Super Bowl, and this is I'm talking in terms of a playoff game. I mean, we just played Brady this year, and we played a passive defense. And that first quarter, if you remember, that first quarter was real bad. Like, it looked like Tampa Bay was going to score every single time and not punt. Then he made a proper adjustment, and it looked like it threw Brady off his timing a little bit. And, I mean, again, it was a closer game than it should have been. But Tampa Bay also took their foot off the gas in the third quarter. I'm telling you this. The Eagles can win the game. They can absolutely go down to Tampa Bay and win. I really believe it. I truthfully believe we can go down there and win the game. I'm picking the Eagles to go down there and win the game. I think the confidence on this team is, is higher than it's been. Tampa Bay is not what they were. That's the truth. They are not what they were. They have declined a little bit, and the Eagles have improved. Does that mean it's going to be... Uh, you know, an Eagles win, that doesn't always mean the case, but I just think the Eagles are set to go win. I think Jalen Hurts is set to play a really, really good football game, whether or not. And here's a good thing for the Eagles, like with this weather thing. We just played ta- uh, Washington on that Tuesday night, and it rained, and Jalen Hurts was incredible. It's not going to be cold. It's going to be raining. Uh, you know, we, we're used to playing in cold weather. So for these guys, if it's like 65 and it's raining, that to them in uh, Tampa Bay, is that, that's a little chilly. For us, that's like you know a heat wave. It matters. It absolutely matters. 
We've experienced playing in inclement weather here. That's a big help. Now, some other notes, right? Um, Jason Huntley. So we were calling for Jason Huntley after the Cowboys game to be on the active roster. Nick Sirianni made the comment that he wasn't going to be, and then guess what? He got elevated to the active roster. Artega Whiteside went on IR with a finger-slash-talent injury, and uh, who else did they put on IR? Um, regardless, Huntley Huntley came up, and he was signed to the active roster. Uh, my guess would be, like, I, I think they brought him up more so as a precaution for Sanders, but maybe Howard. I could see a scenario Jason Huntley's active. I would have him active for the game because I'd want him being my kick returner. The problem is if they have him active, I don't understand or see or foresee a scenario that they have five running backs active, but right now they only have four wide receivers. My guess would be they elevate a wide receiver so you have five for the game, and it would be more likely Keyshawn Johnson is what I'm hearing uh, because he's a really good special teams player because that's what the fifth receiver is. I would not want to go into this game with just four receivers because, you know, one injury and it's like, okay. And here's the thing, Tyree Jackson's out, but Richard Rodgers was called up. That's who it was because Tyree Jackson was put on IR. Richard Rodgers is better than Tyree Jackson right now. I mean, that's without question. So the Eagles actually upgrade it there. I mean, they will go heavy a lot, so I could see them keep, you know, I actually could just see them keeping the four receivers for the game, which is wild. And if they do so, then you better have the five uh, running backs active and I have Huntley being my kick returner. Any advantage you can get in this game is an advantage. He gives you an advantage on special teams. Use it. Because Jalen Rager returning kicks and returning punts ain't working. I'm sure they won't switch the punt returner. They'll probably still have Rager do that because Huntley did not do that in the last game. But I would have Huntley easily doing both. I think he is capable of doing both. And he makes the Eagles special teams better. So those were like the roster moves for this game. Now, a lot of those guys on the COVID list, they all came back, which is good. Um, I'm sure they could have came back on Saturday if they needed to. Um, right now, the Eagles' health situation, the only concern on the injury report is Josh Sweat. So Josh Sweat is been listed here for the last two days, is not practicing with an illness. Don't know what that could be, but we need Josh Sweat in this game. So, I mean, that, that, that's the big thing to keep looking here. Um, the other guys that were limited, at least, were Sean Bradley with his stinger. I mean, that's coming from that car accident I think he had. Andre Dillard with his knee. Nate Herbig with his ankle. That's a big deal because we need Herbig to play. Um, Lane Johnson was a rest in his knee, so I, it, Lane Johnson's playing. But Miles Sanders as well with his hand. But we are full practices for Fletcher Cox, who was just rested. Uh, Landon Dickerson with his thumb. Hurts in his ankle. Kelsey had rest. Kerry Vincent in his foot. And Greg Ward with his back. Relatively healthy. No sign of Brandon Brooks. Nothing talked about with him. I guess, like, you know, not one of the great mysteries, like Brandon Brooks. Everybody just forgot about Brandon Brooks. They forgot, like, that he's on this team. Like, he was never... You ever notice Sirianni puts the, the numbers of the guys that are out for the season on his hat there? Brandon Brooks' number's not on there. Remember they said he'd be back potentially by the bye? Well, the bye was a month ago. And Brandon Brooks has not been activated into any windows or anything. His season's over. He's more or less played his last game as an Eagle. I mean, what's he going to come back for the Super Bowl? At that point, it's pointless. Talk a little bit more about this game, but I do have a quick word here from Anchor. And then after that, absolutely without any question, I'm going to talk a little bit about that quarterback for the Colts. So let's talk about Carson Wentz, right? So... If you 
you know, live under a rock. What happened was Carson Wentz completely choked and, you know, the Colts did not make the playoffs. Think about that. The Colts, you know, the team that probably about a month ago, people were saying was some like dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Didn't make the playoffs. They lost at home to the Raiders two weeks ago. They lost to the Jaguars in Jacksonville on Sunday. Um, they were 14 point favorites, 14 and a half point favorites. And they, they got beat by 15 points. And Carson Wentz was abysmal. Like, absolutely abysmal. Like, really, really bad in that game. And, you know, last year, everybody, all these people, they they wanted to blame all the right people. And again, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say guys like Press Taylor shouldn't have been blamed because he had regressed. You know, here's the thing. We didn't know Carson Wentz because, like, we saw Carson Wentz go from a rookie to legitimately an MVP-type player. And then it just was precipitously going down and down and down. With that one stretch in December 2019 where he played 2017-style football. It fooled me. Absolutely. I put my hand up. It absolutely fooled me. He made me think like, all right, he figured it out again. Because he kept thinking it was the injuries and all this stuff. Like, he was hurt. He stinks. He stinks. And I'm a big guy in terms of ragging on Howie Roseman, and rightfully so. But I said this the other day, and I'm going to say it again. The the second greatest accomplishment he has, and it's right behind winning the Super Bowl, is getting a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. And I don't care if it was conditional, whatever. Carson Wentz is brutal. He is awful. I don't care what his stupid statistics said this year. Oh, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. This guy tried to throw 27 interceptions. He had like the highest number of dropped interceptions in the NFL and it wasn't even close. He got to the point in the second half of the season where, you know how we're talking about Jonathan Taylor for MVP? Well, that's because what the Colts did was take the ball out of Wentz's hands. They started just handing the ball off left and right. Was Carson Wentz better this year than he was last year? Clearly. I mean, it was almost impossible to be that level of bad again. But guess what? The Colts are not committing to Carson Wentz being their quarterback next year. Allow that to sink in. The guy they traded a first-round pick for, a third-round pick for, they're going to pay him $30 million. They have not yet committed that Carson Wentz is going to be their quarterback next year. Can you imagine? Can you imagine with that type of financial commitment? The Eagles had that financial commitment to him. And you know what they did? They traded him. One, because it was the right thing to do. But most importantly, it was because he wanted out. He wanted out of Philadelphia. He was disrespected there when we benched his ass in Green Bay. And guess what? It was rightfully so because he absolutely sucks. Makes me happy because that was one you could call. I knew when they got the conditional first round pick from the Colts, it was going to be a lot better pick than people thought. In fact, it's actually a worse pick than I truthfully thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be a top 10 pick. I kept thinking, he's so bad that he is going to make that a top 10 pick. And the Colts were smart, and they handed the ball to Taylor, and I did not see Jonathan Taylor being one of the arguably best players in the NFL this year, but he was, especially behind a beat-up offense line. Their offense line was beat up. And again, you could try to use that as some type of excuse for Wentz, but the problem is, it's the attitude. You know what I mean? That's all you keep hearing now in India. There are rumblings of, oh, well, he doesn't really want it. He's not a hard worker. He doesn't take to coaching. You know, same things that we had to hear from here in Philadelphia. Remember, he wanted DiFilippo, ran out of here because he coached him too hard. 
again, we're in the playoffs. They're not. I don't care. But I mean, it's just funny. This is all funny to me that we are sitting here talking about Carson Wentz choking and collapsing, the Eagles stealing a, a first-round pick. Hey, we had the 15th and the 16th pick in the NFL draft this year. The 15th pick is Miami's because they wanted to trade up to six for some bizarre reason before the draft, not knowing who they were going to get. I mean, and guess what? Miami's proved this week that they're just completely out to lunch themselves. Fire and Brian Flores, you know what I mean? Like, it's just foolish things that they've done. They're not painting themselves in any type of good light. And then you have Indianapolis, which, hey, Frank Reich put his neck out. He was going to fix Carson Wentz. Chris Ballard, arguably the best GM in football. And here they are, both of them. Like, that season for the Colts ended last year, and Phillip Rivers was going to retire, and Frank Reich said, oh, I want Phillip Rivers back. He's going to be our quarterback. So then this year, Carson Wentz, who's under contract, not going to retire, he won't say the same. Think about that. That's a massive deal here. And again, it just goes to show how lucky the Eagles are that this guy cried his way out of here. Because I don't know if they would have traded him if he didn't want to cry his way out. They were financially committed to him, but he cried his way out and we're so much better off. Jalen Hurts is so much better than him. It's not even close. And especially when you look at their contracts, it's it's like one's on Earth and the other's on Pluto. Just, you know what? I mean, trust, there's a lot of things I've gotten wrong. A lot. There are a lot of things I've been wrong about. I was wrong about a guy. Like, just think about Jamar Chase. Way wrong on him. You know, I mean, I thought Chip Kelly as a G, I, I thought giving him the power to be the GM was the right move because I thought his scheme was just so different. Have him be the guy because it's just everything so unorthodox. Um, you know, I was a fan of Chip. I really was. I, but here's the, like at, at the time, at least I was until I saw that he was just getting rid of guys like Deshaun and Evan Mathis for nothing. But I mean, I was right about Carson Wentz. I never really was in on Carson Wentz. I hated him as a, after his rookie year. I thought he was going to be a disaster. I went and saw him practice. They had an open practice the, the 2017 season, obviously. And I changed my tune there. I said, man, in practice, he looked unbelievable. He looked like he improved. And then you heard he went to Tom House that offseason. So he put the work in. And guess what? He was arguably the MVP. But from that 2018 season, man, especially, what was it? I want to say it was the Minnesota game where I said, this is a problem. And then where we couldn't score when Jay Ajayi had the big run, all that. And we, we couldn't come back to beat Minnesota. The Carolina collapse, you know? There were a bunch of them that year. And then he was benched at the end of the season. And Nick Foles took us from out of the playoffs to not just into the playoffs, a, a drop pass from Alshon Jeffrey away from potentially going back to the NFC Championship game. That was like the number, and I knew it then. I should have just never changed my mind. I go, man, that Carson, he stinks. We got better when he came off the field. Then the following year, he was horrid for 12 games, finishes the last four games, you know, again, and again, I should have thought this to myself. It was against poor competition. The Cowboys were nothing close to a good team at that time. Their defense was beat up, and Dak Prescott was playing with one arm, and we beat them, and I thought that was a big win. We scored 17 points. You know what I mean? It wasn't like we lit the league on fire there. He had a comeback and beat the Giants in overtime. Washington, it was it was a comeback there. And then in the playoffs, he comes in, throws four passes, gets crunched on a cheap shot, absolutely, and that was it. He's played four playoff snaps. Or passes. When Jalen Hurts, you know, 
knock on wood, stays healthy enough, and he throws five passes in the playoffs here, in his second year, he will surpass everything Carson Wentz has done in a playoff game. The Eagles are extremely fortunate. We dodged a massive, massive bullet getting out of his freaking contract and getting him off this team because we are so much better off for it. And we play Sunday here, 1 o'clock. It's weird. I figured we'd be playing the Saturday night game or the Sunday night game. And I didn't know CBS could play NFC games because I would have just assumed the Cowboys were going to be the 4.30 Sunday game. But when I saw it with CBS, I thought, man, the Cowboys will be the Sunday. Whatever. I don't get it. I think the NFL made a mistake in terms of if I was scheduling the games, right? If you said to me, you could schedule these games. I think they throw away the Saturday afternoon game for some bizarre reason. Because to me, that's like the college football primetime spot. Like, that does a good number. I would have had, like, Pittsburgh and Kansas City Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday night, or Saturday night, uh, if, you know, independently. I'm glad it isn't because I don't want to play night games, but the Eagles and Buccaneers would have played Saturday night. I would have had the Bengals and Raiders play at 1 o'clock on Sunday. 4 o'clock, I would have had the Cowboys then and, and the 49ers if you want them to be your primetime game. And then you could do Pittsburgh and, uh, or not Pittsburgh, uh, Buffalo and New England as the Sunday night game, and then the Raiders, or the Raiders, the Rams and the Cardinals for Monday. But hey, benefit for the Eagles. The only thing is the weather sucks. Had I, I mean, the NFL could have looked into this, by the way. This weather report came out like on Tuesday. So that if it was out on Tuesday, I'm pretty sure on Sunday night, ideas of what was going to happen were going to happen. Because Buffalo, it looks like, is going to have some inclement weather as well. So, I mean, really, you got two cities there. You could have switched today, especially the Tampa Bay day, because it would have been perfect on Saturday night. Fingers crossed it's an advantage for the Eagles. This is a massive game. It is. And again, the weather playing its part, but we don't know what that's going to be. It's an unknown right now at this point. It's a massive game for Jalen Hurts. It's a massive game for Nick Sirianni. It's a massive game for Jonathan Gannon, who I'm hoping the Broncos hire as a head coach. It's a massive game for Shane Steichen. It's a massive game for Miles Sanders. It's it's a massive game for Dallas Goddard. It's a massive game for Devontae Smith. I mean, it it is a massive game for like Jalen Rager, but I mean, every game for him is a massive game now. Quez Watkins, Darius Slay. It's a massive game. You know, because we we need him to shut Mike Evans up. Because we're, we I don't know what they're going to do to cover Gronkowski, but I mean, my guess would be a bracket type coverage. You know, hey, listen, we have weaker linebackers, right? Especially in coverage. So, I mean, again, this would have been a Davion Taylor game because you'd want a guy like Davion Taylor out there to guard Rob Gronkowski because he's a superior athlete at least. But, I mean, remember that Super Bowl. Rob Gronkowski tore us up in the second half of the Super Bowl. I mean, Rob Gronkowski doesn't look like he's fat, but hey, him and Brady have this type of weird connection. He knows how to get open, and Brady knows how to hit him because he's a big body. I said it, and I'm going to keep saying it. The Eagles are going to win this game. They're going to beat the Buccaneers. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think they're going to do it because of Jalen Hurts. That's the truth. Jalen Hurts is going to play an incredible game. He's going to play an incredible game on Sunday. I just feel it. Jalen Hurts plays an incredible game, and the Eagles win. Yes, the Eagles win. 
Looking forward to talking to everybody Sunday. Brady's a cheat. Brady is a cheat. He's a cheat. He's a cheater. He is a cheater. We are going to Tampa Bay, and we are going to beat the cheat. We are going to beat this cheat. I am so tired of Tom Brady. We're one-on-one in playoff games against him. We're going to be two-in-one. And the new story is going to be, oh, the little crybaby sore loser didn't shake Jalen Hurts' hand. Good. You think Jalen Hurts gives a damn if Tom Brady comes and shakes his hand? He does. He better not shake his hand because Jalen's going to laugh in his face and go, beat you, baby. We beat you, you cheat. We beat you, you cheat. You are a cheat. I'm so tired. Oh, Tom Brady, he's the greatest quarterback ever. He's also the greatest cheater ever. So if you want to put one-on-one together, go ahead and make your play. He doesn't count to me because he's a cheater. He is a cheater. He'll probably try to do some cheat things in this game because he's a cheater. That's what cheaters do, especially against the team that embarrassed him on the biggest stage in Super Bowl 52. It still haunts him. His kids talk about it in his little book. Yeah, Trust me, him and his, whatever. But he, they talk, oh, they, they hate the Eagles. Good, because we, we hate the Bradys. I, I, I don't care. He's such a cheat. He's a cheat. He's a cheat. I don't want to hear anybody keep kissing his ass. Oh, he's so great. He's so great. He's a great cheater. He's a loser. He's a cheater, and he's a loser. And we're going to uh, Tampa Bay, and we're going to beat the cheat. That's what it is. The theme is this week, we're going to beat the cheat, right? We all we got, we all we need. Well, we didn't come this far to go this far. The Eagles are going to Tampa Bay, and the Eagles are going to win that game. And the Eagles are going to win and beat the cheat. The Eagles are going to beat the cheat. The Eagles are beating the Buccaneers Sunday. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.